Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Pop the popcorn, put on your comfiest pajamas, and grab a drink. Because it's time for a new episode of Sierra Unfiltered. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 33. I think of Sierra Unfiltered. We've got Skylar here again on a virtual hangout thing. Woo woo! That makes hey me friends. That makes me sound like such. <laughs> I'm gonna say an old lady because I know some people don't like when people make fun of boomers. But I was gonna say that makes me sound like such a boomer that we're on. But I feel. I mean, I guess this is maybe a hot take. I feel like it's okay to make bo- fun of boomers if you also make fun of millennials and Gen Z. And I think Milo is Generation Alpha or something. I don't know. I agree. I think as a millennial, hit me with the millennial jokes. Tell me that I have avocado toast every day and yada, yada, yada. Like, tell me. It's fine. But then you also got to be okay with me making fun of everyone else. (laughs) Like, I agree that if you only make fun of the boomers, then that's bullying. Like, yeah. that's not okay. You have to make fun of yourself, too. You have to be in on the joke. If you got to dish out the jokes of your generation, you got to take them. Agreed. Well, before we get into our hot takes, there is a very pressing, absolutely pressing piece of news that we have to talk about. And that is Skylar having her first White Claw. (laughs) Okay, so I knew we were going to do this. And I thought that's what you were saying. And then you started saying that it was news. And so then I thought you were going to like give me some news. And I didn't know what it could be. And wow, that was a roller coaster ride for all of us. Stop the presses. The most important (laughs) thing right now is Skylar having her first taste of White Claw. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm excited. I told Sierra... We were like FaceTiming for two seconds briefly to get this call started. I didn't really know what flavor to pick. We had lime in our fridge because Kyle will drink all the flavors. But I'm not really a lime person, so I picked black cherry. I don't really know. But I have it here. I and I'm ready. I'm so excited. I here's the thing. I I, I don't drink White Claw as much as I used to just because I really stopped drinking when we started trying and now just on occasion yeah. when I'm not in my two-week wait, we'll have a beverage. But Skylar texted me today and she was like, hey, do you want to have a glass of wine on the podcast? And at the same exact time after I had said, yeah, let's do it, I was typing, 
I might have a white claw. Maybe you should could have a drink of one for the first time on the podcast. And she typed, oh my gosh, should I have a white claw for the first time on the podcast? We're just in sync. Even though we're social distancing, yeah. our brains are not. They're still interconnected. Sister, sister. All right. I Just to clarify, we're not sisters, though. I feel like people make that mess up a lot. Or not mess up. They just get confused. And I get it. We're both like... I don't know. We kind of look alike and we kind of talk alike and but we're I f- not sisters. I feel like you would definitely be the older sister who's like wow. not only older in age, but also just like 300 times more mature and always has to like clean up the like physical and metaphorical messes that the younger sister makes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. I was with you because I'm like the oldest of siblings and you're the middle child. So I feel like that dynamic kind of works. I don't know if I would say I have to clean up your messes. <laughs> I feel like you have your stuff together. You guys just bought another house and I don't know. You've got it going, girl. Uh, well, maybe I need to toot my own horn a little bit more, but <laughs> I I am I am a hot mess. That used to be my nickname in theater was hot mess. Hot mess? Yeah, that's what Randy used to call me. He'd be like, hey, hot mess, get over here. Is that a nickname? I guess. Or is that like... Like, did he call you that enough to where it was your nickname? I mean, he called, there was like three of us who he would call hot messes. But like, if he said hot mess, I would turn my head and and respond. (laughs) I mean, I love that for you. All right. We're building so much tension. Are you ready? Okay. So I haven't even, I was debating cracking it open beforehand just to like get a taste. I didn't. Good. So are you ready, everyone? So ready. I pumped for this. So... (laughs) Oh. oh. Okay, so also, I don't really know the proper white claw etiquette. I feel like you just drink it out of the can, but I know I enjoy drinks a lot more when they're over ice, so I prepped a cup of ice to pour it in. Is that blasphemous? Nope. Totally acceptable. The only rule, whatever container you want to drink it out of, totally fine. The only white claw etiquette is before you take a sip, you have to say, ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. You know what, Sierra? There ain't no laws when you're drinking claws, baby. Woo! I have waited Woo! for this moment. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Wow. Uh, what are you drinking? A white claw? White claw? What are you drinking? A white claw. And what are you drinking, wow. listeners at home? Let us know in the comments. I mean, I was telling Sierra, this is the first time I've ever drank on the podcast. Because when we started the podcast, I was pregnant and hadn't announced it yet. And then... I was pregnant the whole time we were filming, but also we always film at Sierra's house. So like, I'm not going to have a drink and then like drive home. So like, even once quarantine's over and we go back to filming in your studio, I won't be drinking unless Kyle like drives me or something. (laughs) So this is a very exciting day. I'm so excited. All right. Give us your first impression. Also, I've only had like two drinks since postpartum. So I'm probably only going to drink a little bit of this. That way I don't get like tipsy talking about (laughs) tiger king okay ready everyone we're ready that's actually pretty delicious it's a lot more flavorful than i thought like i I like it you like i thought i don't like Lacroix. i don't like bubbly i think i went through a phase where i tried to convince myself that i do but i really don't (laughs) so i was kind of expecting this to be the same i feel like i heard someone tweet once i heard someone tweet wow (laughs) i saw someone tweet once that having a Lacroix is like someone whispering in the other room the flavor of it like 
<laughs> and I feel like I like flavors to kind of like punch, punch you in, in the, the face. face. Yeah. And so I was expecting that. But it, it tastes like black cherry. And I'm excited. Are you just saying that to not hurt my feelings? I'm not just <laughs> saying that. I feel like the more I drink it, the more I like it. Oh, that. I'm glad I went with the black cherry because I'm a big Shirley Temple fan. And it kind of tastes like I put grenadine in vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Which like is a win. That's a win. In my books. <laughs> All right. Oh, gosh. Um, you know what? I always forget to say this at the beginning of the episode, and I just remembered, so I'm going to say it now. If you are watching this on YouTube or listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it helps us out a ton if you subscribe. Subscribers are mm-hmm. such an important metric for pretty much any podcast or YouTuber you watch or even show that you watch. It really helps us out, and um, it's a great way to support us, and it's free. So, Uh, If you want to subscribe to us on YouTube for the video version, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, we would love that. Um, And we really appreciate that. So thank you guys. Woo! Speaking of which, another way in which you connect can connect with us, especially connect with Sierra, is her new Confident and Kind platform. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Because it's launched since we last podcasted yeah so we launched the confident and kind facebook group um which i for a long time have really wanted a place where like not only i can connect with you guys but you guys can connect with each other because one of my favorite things is when in the comments of one of my youtube videos there's like threads of people encouraging each other but it it doesn't feel as personal when it's on youtube because you most people don't have a youtube channel where you can go and see what they're about and see who they are and what their story is so it's just kind of like a a one-time you know you got this or you're beautiful or you don't have to worry about that or whatever um and so I thought about like my everyone at YouTube is really pushing the YouTube memberships right now um so when I had expressed this idea my a lot of the people who work with my channel and help my channel were like you should do memberships make it a membership thing then you can have this community and charge people $4.99 or $3.99 or you can do Patreon or some sort of like pay platform for that and I really wanted it to be free because I I don't think I need to charge for that I think I I make enough from YouTube ads and sponsorships to sustain my channel and my team I don't need to pay for I don't need people to pay to have a place to talk I just wanted it to be free so um Jessica actually suggested doing a Facebook group and uh we took it from there so very excited that it is here and we can all chat and hang out and encourage each other and we're still tweaking it and still figuring out the best way to moderate and keep everything really positive and helpful and fun um but it's been really fun and I thought it was so sweet that you joined too Oh my gosh. And Kyle and everyone. <laughs> my mom I feel joined. like it's so, it's so, so awesome. I just, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's, I saw the other day that there was like a thread going of like positive comments about you. It was like, comment like a kind fact about Sierra. I didn't so I was like see reading that through them. Oh, I'll tag you in it. I, I was like reading through it and I was like, this is so sweet. And then I was scrolling through and then there was one about me and I literally just started bawling. I was Aww. all, Kyle, come over and read this. People are so nice. I'm going like, to start how? a thread about you on there tonight. I'm going to be like, everyone, comment. <laughs> but like a gossip thread, <laughs> a mean thread. You're all, 
I heard you guys feel pretty positively about Skylar on here. Let me spill some tea. Let's spill some tea. It, it, it'll be like Gossip Girl. I'll be like, S was spotted yes. on the podcast drinking a black cherry white claw. Or it could you could just like Photoshop me into that page from the burn book in Mean Girls. <laughs> this is the nastiest gank bitch I have ever met. Do not trust her. That love that for us. How is that not in a, our friendship? How is that not more of a meme? Like people just I don't know. putting people. I love the new Gossip Girl memes. Oh, the Gossip. I'm girl sorry, memes. I keep interrupting no, you. No, no, no. I try so hard not to interrupt you. But I'm just so excited <laughs> to talk to you. <laughs> me too. When we we had to FaceTime before this just to get everything set up and we kept talking and then being like, wait, no, I shouldn't say that. We should wait till the podcast or like, because yes. our default is just to spill our guts and talk about everything that's been going on. Well, and especially I feel like I always want to catch up with you, but I feel like I want to save some stuff for the podcast to talk about. Because like if I want to talk to you about something with Tiger King, like I'm not going to text you or like with listen to your heart because I figure like we're probably going to talk about it and I feel like the only adult that I get to talk to is Kyle (laughs) and he works nine to five right so I'm really just talking to Milo like all day (laughs) who's a baby and so I feel like I I'm so excited to have adult conversation not that I don't like love talking goo goo gaga but (laughs) to do you just sit there with Milo and you're like did you watch the new episode of Tiger King (laughs) Sometimes Kyle will like call me out because I'll start talking about really weird things because it's basically like I'm just talking to myself right. all day. Well, and like talking is such a good way for him to obviously be an early talker is if I'm communicating with him, he'll want to communicate back to me. It's the same thing with like sticking my tongue out at him and whatever. But so it's just me talking to myself. And, like, I don't have anything going on in my life, really. Because it's not like I can be like, oh, let's talk about last weekend when we went to Disneyland. Right. So it's just, like, the weird stuff in the back of my brain. I would love for that to be a podcast episode. Just all the weird stuff that Skylar said to her baby this week. <laughs> I don't know about that. But <laughs> um, but this whole episode is going to be about Tiger King. Um, yes. We were actually going to film this podcast a couple days ago but we wanted to wait until the new episode came out because they mm-hmm. put I put episode in quotations because I don't know about you but I was kind of disappointed in the new episode so I think the thing is and I'm sure we'll get into it more later I feel like their world is so crazy that they were saying crazy things but it didn't feel crazy does that make sense? How many times can I say crazy in a sentence? Do you know who was the host? Who was that guy? Um, oh my gosh, Joel McHale. What what is he like who is he? What's his deal? Okay. So back in like 2009-ish, he hosted a show called The Soup. Do you remember that at all? It was mm-hmm. kind of like gossipy. Okay. It was think like E News, but like a guy hosting it who's like kind of like sassy. But, like, kind of your everyman. So, did before watching this, because you knew who he was before and I didn't, did you have positive opinions of him? Well, so that's the thing. I I mean, I did not like him, but I was like, mm, like, I didn't have extremely positive feelings. Like, he just, to me, he's like, he's who Chris Harrison was before I started getting into The Bachelor. Okay. Like, I knew he existed, wasn't going to be like, oh, my God, Chris Harrison. But... 
I don't know. But I feel like he did a pretty good job moderating. See, I disagree. And we'll get into that. But I did not like him. Like half my notes about the new episode are like, why did this host ask this question? This is so annoying. <laughs> Wait, that's so good. I'm so excited. But we both rewatched Tiger King um, and then watched the yes. new episode. And because I feel like, I don't know about you, but the first time I watched it, it was just like a binge whirlwind. Like what the heck yes. is going on? I have no idea what this is. This is crazy all these twists and turns and this time that I watched it I had a different perspective because I knew what was gonna happen mm-hmm. um go ahead well and also there were a lot of things that I feel like I misinterpreted the first time like in the first episode they casually dropped that Joe is in jail for the murder of Carol Baskin or for attempted murder or whatever but to me the first time I was watching it she's dead yeah Scott- so I watched the entire series waiting for that to happen and then it didn't happen. And so obviously it was like a huge thing when he got arrested still. But I, I was just waiting for her to die. And yeah. She didn't. And so I felt like a little bit, I don't know. So I feel like now this time watching it, I know the outcome. And so I was able to go into it knowing exactly what happens. Right. Right. I, I'm very excited to get into this. I think, do you have a hot take today? Um... Do I? I do have a hot take. Okay, cool. Let's do our hot takes and then we'll jump into Tiger King. So my hot take is that you should leave haircuts and hair dyeing to the professionals. (laughs) I I know that it can... (laughs) Coming from the girl who dyed her hair multiple colors in her mom's bathroom with me. (laughs) Yes, my hair has been... Not every color of the rainbow, but like every color of the neutral rainbow. Yeah. And then I've had like pink in my hair and blue and whatever, but, but I've been red and blonde and I would dark actually say and- that you are more qualified to speak on this than almost anyone because I feel like most people who have that hot take are like hairdressers or like are like very uppity and like very against box yeah. size. But you have experience. But I've been there. So you go I've go been off. there, girl. I'm if interrupting you're listening you. to this. No, I'm interrupting you. I'm just so passionate. Because, so the thing is, you shouldn't dye your hair at home. Like that, if if you have to, like go to Sally Beauty Supply, don't just buy a box dye from like Target or Walmart. Like at least go and get developer and get toner and your application might not be as good, but at least the products you're putting on your hair are more tailored to like what you need. Because like you'll need a different developer depending on how dark your hair is, yada, yada, yada. But the the main thing I'm going to push is we are in quarantine right now. And I've seen a lot of people posting that they're dyeing their hair. And I've seen a lot of guys saying they need haircuts. And I have cut Kyle's hair before. But it was when we were watching a lot of Queer Eye. And so I feel like I like secondhand, like I picked up on some of Jonathan's techniques. Also, I didn't have a baby. So I watched like a lot of YouTube videos beforehand and like did a lot of research on Pinterest. And today he came to me and was like, hey, remember when you cut my hair? Can you do that again? But now I have a baby, so I don't have time to do research. So he just like brought down his clippers and I just started shaving his head. And then the clippers died halfway through. <laughs> so now Kyle has like a very botched haircut. I want pictures. Like, I want I literally, pictures. 
And like the the issue is, is that I went into it with such confidence because I had done it successfully before. So I literally like I had imposed and I like put like a cute filter on and did like a boomerang of him. And I like just saved it. So I was all, oh, OK, like this will be my before. And then everyone will be so impressed because like I'm such a good hairdresser at the after. No, no. Like, I'm sorry, Kyle. I know you're listening to this and I know you're offended at me saying that your hair is botched. The plan is for me to fix it tomorrow when his clippers are, Charged. you know, regular. Um, but I'm really hoping he doesn't have like a Skype call or something tomorrow. Because wear a hat. It's a little funky. <laughs> Everyone's all, Kyle, we've never seen you in a hat before. <laughs> and you're indoors in your kitchen. <laughs> But so that's also side note, I have ruined my hair from box dyeing it for so many years. When it's been like a I, long time since you've even dyed it at all, right? Yeah. But you I, still feel like it's ruined last, from it? Yeah. Well, the last time I dyed my hair was I've gone to the same hairdresser for the last couple years and it has gotten progressively better because she's the best. And so I only get my hair dyed like once a year maybe and I just get highlights and that's it but I cut my hair short so long ago and my hair is still like to here just because it's forever I feel like kind of damaged so don't box dye your hair at home see and that's not coming from like a privileged place like I'm not saying like oh you have to go to like a couple hundred dollar salon because that's the only way to do it no I have box dyed my hair so much at home (laughs) I've been there I'm like, here's yeah. what I I somewhat agree. I somewhat disagree. Okay. I think there I would agree with that, but with some exceptions. I think okay. I think if your kid is like, I don't know, under the age of like two or three and you want to give them a haircut at home, like it's probably fine. Yes. Go for it. I think totally. If you are a teenager If you're like a middle schooler, that's sorry, I interrupted no, you. No, that's the same sentence. That's literally what I was gonna say. We'll see if we have the same thing. If you're let's say under 17 or 18 don't cut your hair because it's not gonna go well coming from someone who's done it but Sierra Taylor my little sister called me the other day saying that she wants to cut her hair into a pixie cut (laughs) and I'm like yes and I'm like you're in high school you're in quarantine you're really gonna come back with no hairdressing experience, having like shaved your head and done a pixie cut. See, I, I do think a pixie cut would look great on her, but you got to get it. Get it done. <laughs> get it done. But if you are under the age of 17 or 18, well, we'll say between the ages of 12 and 18, and you want to dye your hair pink or blue or whatever, go for it. Because you don't. And start with the ends. Yes. Or the underlayer. Or the underlayer. Start with a little bit. It's, it, it might, it's not going to look great. Going to be honest. Probably not. Um, but it doesn't matter because you're a teenager. It's fun. And now is the time to dye your hair pink if you want to. And now is the yes. time to give yourself kind of bad looking highlights if you want to. So I have no regrets for the times that I bleached my hair and then dyed it blue in your mom's bathroom. My only regret mm-hmm. is the time that we got the dye everywhere and ruined your mom's bathroom. <laughs> Well, and also I thought of another thing. I've also cut front bangs. So, like, I really have been at the lowest of lows when it comes to doing your own hair. So, I'm not, if you have, if you're dyeing your hair pink this weekend by yourself, I'm not shaming you. I'm just saying, maybe do a little research. That's all. 
Because Kyle's hair is a little botch. <laughs> and it's my fault. <laughs> Do you have a hot take? Okay, I have a lukewarm take. And it's more just like, okay, here's my thing. I am an annoying person, but I don't think I get annoyed easily because I'm annoying. Like, I think... <laughs> I took a huge sip of White Claw. And you go, I think I'm an annoying person. <laughs> so... I am aware okay. that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of annoying. It's fine. I annoy myself. I annoy everyone. It's fine. No big deal. Um, so I think because of that, my tolerance for being annoyed is relatively high. Like, I don't get annoyed that easily. There is something mm-hmm. that annoys me more than anything. And any of you guys who Can are, I guess? Yes. Well, no, continue. I'm okay. sorry. I no. keep interrupting you. I'm just so excited <laughs> to talk to you. I, I have interrupted you so much. In my head, I'm like, all the comments are just going to be like, Sierra's talking over each <laughs> other. That's what I keep thinking, too. <laughs> so it's fine. We'll talk over each other. Guys, neither of us are offended. We just really love each other and really want to talk. <laughs> but Also, this is my first drink in a long time. Same. So I'm ready. Me, too. Um... So I, there's not a lot of things that annoy me. You know, there are some things I've talked about before. My pet peeves, like mumbling or people not using their blinkers, like those kind of things. There's something that annoys me so much. And that is when someone posts a screenshot and people reply to it and shame them for their battery level on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> Steven did that to me the other day. It's Your so annoying. husband... I am aware that my phone is on red. I'm aware that my phone's on 5%. I posted a screenshot. I do not need to go through my DMs at every reply be, charge your phone. Charge. I know I need to charge my phone. I, I know. Steven did that in the group chat the other day. And I was all, I'm literally, I have a baby on my boob. I can't move. Did he really? I can't go get a phone charger. What an asshole. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we shamed Kyle for his bot haircut. Now we're shaming Steven for breastfeeding, shaming me. <laughs> But my just kidding. <laughs> my thing is, it, it's one of the like anyone who's listening to this who has DM'd me or replied to my tweets saying charge your phone. I don't hate you. I promise. I'm I'm just being dramatic. But knock it off. <laughs> I I get it. I get it, girl. I used to be like my phone never died. Like I feel like that was like kind of a source of pride for me. Was that like, I'm a reliable person. I always have my phone charged. I always have extra snacks. Like like the Mary Poppins of being prepared and having my phone charged. But nowadays, my phone dies like 10 times a day. Because I'm always on it. Right. Because I'm like breastfeeding and then he'll fall asleep. And I like, I'm just sitting there. Like I can't like go and get a book. I can't go and like turn on the TV or do anything. And so I feel like I'm just always on my phone not having it plugged in and so my phone is always dying now you know, so I relate to you you know what you absolutely need and if you don't end up getting one of these I'm totally getting you one for Christmas is Apple makes fast chargers that can charge your phone from zero to 20 percent in five minutes and they're just a, a little bit more expensive than a regular charger and they look a little bit different and I now almost exclusively use fast chargers because I'll look at my phone. It'll be at 6%. I'm like, I want to go on a hike. I don't want to wait, you know, 30 minutes for my phone to charge. Pop it on the fast charger. I can leave in 5, 10 minutes. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I'm so into that. I thought you were going to say I should get like a big like charging case for my phone. No. And I was going to say, Sierra, you know I'm not going to have like a gigantic black charging case. No. Like that's just, that's too much. The fast chargers are white. Don't worry. They're 
they're very plain and all also can i just say on the record i don't hate color (laughs) i feel like until i was a mom i never got mean dms and now i get mean dms a lot saying that like i hate color the mom shaming needs to stop that can also be my hot take you don't that was almost gonna be my hot take and then i botched kyle's haircut and so then (laughs) it changed like the, the mom shaming just needs to stop everyone's navigating parenting in their own way and figuring it out and has different beliefs and different opinions and different things that work so if Skylar's nursery well Milo's nursery Skylar the nursery that Skylar made for Milo is of muted tones that's fine that's also do people think that like what I post on Instagram is all that's in my house (laughs) like he has books. He has toys that are like in bins and in the closet and all over. Nope, just Instagram. Like it's not just, 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 yeah. <laughs> but so anyways, for the record, I do love white. I do love neutral colors. That's what most of my home is. But also, there I love color. I'm wearing a color right now. There you go. Breaking the rules. So, wow. <laughs> On the record. Our- the next time someone DMs me about it, I'll be like, Watch this episode of Sierra Unfiltered at <laughs> timestamp 23 or whatever. <laughs> oh gosh, should we get into the Tiger King madness? We should. But before we do, let me tell you guys a little bit about this podcast sponsor, and that is our friends over at Cash App. We absolutely love Cash App. They are the number one finance app in the App Store. Cash App is a free app that makes it really easy to instantly send money to your friends. So maybe you and your roommates order a pizza or rent a movie. You don't have to worry anymore about trying to count out dollars, divide up the change, just Cash App them. Super, super easy. Cash App also comes with the Cash Card, which is a free debit card that comes with boosts, which are basically just instant rewards for shopping at the places that you already do. So Target, DoorDash, Whole Foods, and way more. It's basically like having credit card perks, but they're packed into this free debit card. And one of our favorite parts about partnering with Cash App is that we work together to support one of our favorite organizations, and that is The Trevor Project. If you haven't heard of the Trevor Project, they provide resources and crisis intervention to LGBTQ plus youth, which is an incredibly important cause. We love the Trevor Project. We love the work that they're doing. And Cash App will give you $10 and donate $10 to the Trevor Project if you download Cash App with our promo code UNFILTERED. So download Cash App from the App Store today, promo code UNFILTERED, 10 bucks for you, 10 bucks for the Trevor Project. So thank you, Cash App. Thank you, Cash App. Woo-woo. Cash App has been so great to work with and just a great <sighs> app altogether. So awesome. They are great. Um, into something oh, less less great, but also incredibly fascinating. Tiger King. Tiger King. I have so many thoughts. Okay. I feel like I first of all, I think that there should be more trigger warnings. That's one of my notes. Absolutely. Um, Did you do just like overall notes or did you do like episode by episode? I did kind of overall notes. Okay. Did you do episode by episode? Because we can follow yours and then I can just pop in. I have some overall and some episode by episode. So do we want to follow your guideline and then at the end if we have things that we didn't hit, I can refer back to mine. Sure. That sounds great. Cool. Um, First thing. Like you said, 
100% they need more trigger warnings. I yes. wrote that down for what episode is that? Episode 5, which mm. was the one where Travis, his husband, died. Yes. I, the first time I watched it, I absolutely did not see that coming. I was incredibly affected. I had to pause it, turn it off. Mm-hmm. It's it's not graphic in the sense that you see it happen, but you see someone's reaction to the death, um, which, and there was no content warning, no trigger warning, no nothing. Absolutely nothing. It wasn't a reenactment. It was actual security footage. I am shocked that there, I mean, there were some other spots that I thought needed trigger warnings, but that in particular I completely agree. I think that there were, I got a lot of messages when we had talked about Tiger King being like, I'm surprised you like that. There's so much animal abuse and there's like a lot of like meat shown and like all the gross trucks from Walmart coming and violence and whatever. But I feel like that's kind of what you expect when you go into the show. Like if you do any research, you'll know that it's about a guy who has animals in very small cages and that they aren't being treated humanely and that's kind of like the whole the whole series is about like what is treating these animals or who is treating these animals humanely because Carol Baskin claims she is but she's not and so I think that I already expected that going in like I expected there to be parts that like made my heart hurt but I wasn't expecting to see someone literally commit suicide on camera yeah that was a lot and I I, on my second watch through I just skipped past it yeah no totally it 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 was really really shocking and then also in like the post the post interview post episode whatever we want to call it when the campaign, what was he, the campaign manager? Yeah. Was talking about it. He was also talking about it in such graphic detail. Yeah. Like, it, that shook me up, too, and that was even just hearing about it. Like, I was, yeah. It was a lot. One of the things that I wrote down for the last episode um, about Josh, the campaign manager, was he said that he still has not had counseling from that situation with Travis, And he feels like he needs it and he -hmm. wasn't able to get it when that happened. He didn't work through that and he's saving up to have some counseling now. I, I cannot believe that he was willing to have counseling, was open to it. And no one in that facility, he was living at the GW Zoo, stepped in and said, hey, we're, you know, this happened on our grounds and you know you were there and that must have been very traumatic and we would like to set you up with a counselor yes I mean I literally have goosebumps of you talking about it I mean they also said that Joe never got therapy that he went to a shaman and like didn't get any sort of counseling but I also wrote down that they pay their employees one dollar and 55 cents an hour so it's kind of like I just it's one of those things well but Carol Baskin only has volunteers yeah. So, okay. So let me back up a little bit. Um, because I had a couple more overall notes before we dive too much into like the specifics. Okay. My first kind of big bullet point at the very top of my notes is it's these people seem like characters, and this seems fictionalized. 
And I think yes. on my first watch through, I almost forgot, and I think I did forget, that these are real people. And because yes. it's so ridiculous, it's so outlandish. It seems like Carol Baskin and Joe Exotic and Josh, the campaign manager, and the reality show producer, and all these people, it, they seem like characters, but they are, at the end of the day, these are real people. Well, and I think a big thing with that too is like, trust me, I think the memes and the TikToks are as funny as anyone. But like Carol Baskin is a person and she's still out there. And like I'm team Carol Baskin definitely killed her husband, but she hasn't been convicted of it. And so what if she did it? Right. And then like the whole world is just like hating on her and saying such horrible things and making like very graphic jokes. And I mean, she already went through so much with Joe like bullying her online and in real life about it and so it's one of those things where if I had to make a judgment call on it I would say that the evidence points to that she probably killed her husband but she hasn't been convicted and she's like a free woman living out there and I think sometimes it's hard to remember that these are real people like Joe is in jail these people are still working well, they aren't working at the GW Zoo anymore, but they're trying to open up a new zoo, I think is what they said. Yeah. But it is so wild that these are real people. I think I totally did the same, like, kind of disassociative thing the first time I watched it, where yeah. it was, like, almost cartoonish. Yes. I think, like, I wound up kind of liking Joe. Yeah. Whereas, like, I have a hard time with, like, regular zoos. <laughs> that aren't and are for guns. profit <laughs> and guns and all of these things and so it is so interesting how the the way that the show was produced made these people seem not only like characters but also made them seem very likable in their quirks yeah i i think the set my second watch through i definitely tried to look at remember that these are all real people mm-hmm. um and the the other thing is, yes, all of these char- characters, these people that are shown, are flawed. Did Carol Baskin kill her husband? Maybe I can't say. I don't. I don't know. Evidence <laughs> seems like she did. The memes are very funny, and I will laugh at the memes. But yes. I think there also needs to be. Sti- we we need to keep some sort of humanity in remembering that Carol Baskin. Can you imagine if someone put a hit out on you? Like that, regardless of what she did or didn't do, like that is awful. And I feel so yeah sad for her that she had to go through that. Like just like the online bullying. Yeah. And even them showing up to her place of work. And I mean, there was that whole scene where he was like in the dead rabbit costume and they had protesters out front. He put snakes I'm, in her mailbox. Like, in just so many graphic images of him shooting blow-up dolls that looked like her. And it was truly disgusting. Like, yeah. she, what she was doing at her, like, big cat rescue, to me, was not ethical. Like, it was not okay. It's not good to keep cats in that small of cages. But, also, if someone were to do to me or to you or to anyone I know what he was doing to her... I would be working full force to get that person in jail. Oh, like absolutely. that is scary and horrifying. I think it's like stalkerish, like his obsession with her. It's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
my last kind of overarching thing before well two last things before we get into kind of my episode by episode and then Skylar's thoughts through it as as well first the most impressive part is that when they started filming this documentary documentary they had no idea what it was going to become they started filming this thinking it was about this crazy community uh and all this drama of people who have these big cats and then it became a whole nother thing about lawsuits and murder for hire and running for president like it is crazy that when they started filming this when they started filming it what they probably thought it was going to be to where what it actually ended up being I know well in that the producer what was his name again I always forget it down the producer with the big hat who smokes Rick (laughs) Rick yes he is a Rick I I feel like he is like almost the most charactery of them all. Like when they would cut to him, the even just like the scene that he was being shot in looked like it was like very production designed. Like oh, it yeah. looked like he was like a narrator. And he was for the point of the story. But I think it was hard for me to remember that he was a real person until I was watching the end where he's like, I live in Norway now. And I- I'm a real person who has real thoughts. Yeah. And this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. I The next thing I had written was, <laughs> this is so American in a way, this whole documentary, but also so not the America that I know and live in in my Southern California bubble. Like, I, I was listening to the Jenna and Julian podcast on this episode, or on uh, the documentary, And they were talking about like, this is so this I can't believe this happened in America. This seems so like foreign. And I can't believe this is in the country we live in. And I do disagree with that a little bit because this this is kind of American. The idea like what other country does it seem like it's in? (laughs) Like the idea that someone can go to Walmart and buy the stuff that you would need to blow up your assets so that someone else can't sue you for them while owning a bunch of tigers in your yard is is kind of American in a really messed up way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I, I mean, I don't know how much you want to get into your take on all of that. But for me, I just, I feel so anti-gun and anti all of that. Yep. And so I feel like that was also a really weird layer for me to watch. And again, I expected that. And so especially the second time, it didn't bother me nearly as much. But just seeing these people with these like weapons of mass destruction who are very clearly not mentally stable going around and threatening people and putting hits out on people while having weapons that they bought legally in America was just like upsetting to me personally. I think playing devil's advocate a lot just because I feel like my views on like animals being in captivity and meat and all of that is such a kind of like important thing to me I feel like if he owned one tiger I wouldn't have as much of an issue with it (laughs) like people like I feel more bad for the or I feel equally as bad for the animals that were constantly being fed to the tigers that were just coming off of the Walmart meat trucks that I'm sure were being raised in horrible conditions and oh Kyle's getting home hi Hi. Kyle (laughs) um 
But I I feel equally as bad for those animals. You know, and I think that a lot of times because like tigers are so beautiful and they're these majestic creatures that it's kind of this like pulling. It's kind of like how we've talked about like the turtle straw issue of like, I agree we shouldn't use straws, but people are a lot more passionate about the straw issue because turtles are tied to it. Whereas like plastic bags and like... I don't know, all the plastic that we normally get with our groceries or even just the plastic cup that your straw typically comes in isn't as important to people, if that makes sense. Right. I think like my main issue where it kind of sways is when at the very end, uh, what was the first guy's name? He had like the neon signs behind him. He was the one with the long blonde hair. Oh, I I wrote down all the names. Hold on. The the blonde guy was Eric. When Eric was talking about how like he loved the tiger so much, but he was the one who would have to go out and kill them. And then Joel McHale asked, he was like, oh, so is there something like medically wrong where that has to happen? And he was all, you would think. And it just, like they just were killing tigers to make more room for breeding and just, and so I think like that's kind of where my, biggest issue comes in I think if he just owned a couple tigers that would still be bad and I still wouldn't be okay with it but it's like the constant breeding and killing of animals so that other animals can exist and be sold off like that's where it becomes a huge issue for me yeah I I see that and it is a very interesting thing to think about I think the the whole cub petting thing was so interesting because the whole idea was these tigers are so valuable when they're so small because mm-hmm. people want pictures next to a baby tiger and there's this thing that is so cute and you know will grow up to be this thing that could rip your arm off. And so there's this only this period of only about 12 weeks where these tiger cubs are so valuable. And I think I wrote it down at one point, but he said something that you can get like $100,000 from a ti- like profit from a tiger in that first 12 weeks because people want to pay to play with them and pet them and all of that and it's it it's so interesting to me that that became that once the tiger passed that 12 weeks it then became a liability because it costs more to keep it alive than it did that you could make profit off of it well and that's what that one wife was saying was that was pretty much her tipping point when she had formed such a strong bond with one of the baby tigers and then she was like pretty certain that he had just gone out in the back and killed it and like that that's what he had been doing Doc Antle to so many of the other tigers which I we can skip around a little bit but I think Doc Antle is the worst person in this whole documentary and that's saying a lot because there are some shitty people in this documentary that's so funny. See, I don't I don't know if I agree, but I think it's because I've come to the realization and stay with me, folks. I I think that I would join a cult. If I was like in a different if I was in a different place, if like my situation was a little different, I think what Doc Antle was doing was horrible, just as bad as Joe Exotic, but I could see myself falling into that kind of lifestyle. Like, don't you think, like, I feel like I'm kind of gullible. I'm kind of like, I assume the pet, like, I feel like you'd be like, oh, you're my favorite wife. And I'd be like, he really means it. I I need to work every day, all day so that I can be the favorite wife. 
Yes. And like there are baby animals and you feel like you can't leave because you have connections with the animals. Like I feel like I could see myself falling into that. And I feel like he was, I don't know. I feel I, like he was, he wasn't, he was still just as bad to the animals, but I feel like he wasn't as bad to the other humans. Like he was I, bad to his employees and wives, but he wasn't like putting out hits on people. I don't know. See, I think he's the worst because he not only was doing all the horrible, you know, animal abuse and animal neglect and using these animals for profit and then getting rid of them, but he was also manipulating and, you know, just being awful to these women and really like going after young, young women, bringing them in, totally taking advantage of them. I... Uh, let me I'll go down to those notes okay so I wrote in about episode two Doc Antle is the actual worst the Myrtle Beach Safari has also collaborated with a ton of YouTubers which uh, okay I didn't know that I did some digging TTT so oh my god he did a video with Logan Paul which is like not that surprising because it's Logan Paul right but I don't know if Are I there should there gonna be this. some <gasps> I saw on Wait, my... Wait, I feel like I know who you're going to say. Really? Okay. I feel so like... I, Twilight, say it. Say it out okay. loud. All right. So I was I was on my Explore page a couple days after I watched Tiger King for the first time. And I was getting a bunch of like Tiger King memes and stuff. And all of a sudden, I saw this photo from an account I didn't follow. I'm getting like hot and like my heart's racing because I don't like calling people out. But I saw this post of these four people holding a tiger in a swimming pool. And I recognized one of them, but I didn't recognize the other three. And I clicked on the account and it was a YouTuber who, (laughs) I hate this, I hate this so much, um, who has a couple's vlog channel with a girl that I had seen a couple of her videos before. So I recognized her Um, and their channel is called JD Vlogs. And he posted a photo of them at Myrtle Beach Safari where they did like a collaboration with them. I'm like, my heart's like beating so fast. I'm writing it down so I can look it up later. And so it's this photo of the couple that has the vlog channel and two other people. And they posted it on April 2nd. So it was like a throwback because Tiger King was going so viral. And as soon as I saw this post, I was like, wait, they're literally at Myrtle Beach Safari, like tagging this place that just totally got slammed in this documentary. And I click on the comments and they're all positive. No one is like, hey, maybe you shouldn't support that place. They're like, Hey, were they sponsored? This post was not sponsored, but I went back and found the vlog on their channel of them going there. And it seemed like it was not necessarily sponsored, but like maybe they they did some sort of collaboration with them. And every single comment is just, oh my gosh, I love you guys. You guys are my favorite. Da, 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 da. And they have like a big channel with like 2 million subscribers. And I click on that video where they're literally like swimming with tigers and at the Myrtle Beach Safari with Doc Antle, all positive. No, no, no one was calling them out. And it made me think, how many YouTubers are showing this to their audience, going to not even necessarily Doc Antle's place in that Myrtle Beach Safari, but places mm-hmm. like that so that they can get a cool-ass picture with a tiger, and then everyone who follows them just goes, oh, that looks so cool. I should do that too. Like, how is no one... I'm so hot because I hate... I'm like so nervous about calling No, I out. love this. But I <laughs> I feel how can you well, post that and and 
it's not even like they they did that months ago and then this all came out and they had no idea how bad it was there but they literally posted that as like a throwback after everything happened so I'm guessing that the Myrtle Beach Safari probably has like a a great social media team who collaborates with a ton of YouTubers because those were just the two that I saw right off the bat was Logan Paul and that couples vlog channel Mm -hmm. so there's like a whole other side of this that involves YouTubers working with these places so that they can get a cool video of swimming with a tiger and doing this and that and ugh. Yeah, that's disgusting. I see what I thought you were going to say. And I won't say people's names because I didn't fact check and I don't know. But I thought you were going to bring up, I have seen a lot of beauty gurus and lifestyle influencers who go on brand trips or just go on international trips and then post these like amazing photos with these like crazy animals. And I mean who knows what kind of conditions those animals are being kept in and so I didn't know if it was like one of those people who I've seen in the past post pictures with exotic animals at like not petting zoos but essentially what Doc Antle's place is um so I didn't know if it was one of them I wouldn't be totally shocked if some of those girls also have pictures there I I think there's this whole aspect of social media that leads to people wanting to go to places like that where there was the whole thing that um Jeff Lowe talked about of like everyone wants a tiger selfie on their dating app because it makes you look cool and dangerous and I'm not like other girls and this and that and I I think social media drives those kind of places to say okay um the biggest profit we can make is breeding all these baby tigers and then having people come take pictures with them and having youtubers come and film with them and all this crazy stuff and I can I can see the appeal would I want to pet a baby tiger of course I would who wouldn't want to pet a baby tiger but I think it's understanding that like for you to get the opportunity to pet a baby tiger there's a lot of bad stuff that has to go on for that to be attainable for you and so well well, that baby tiger's not happy it doesn't want to take a selfie with you it was probably ripped away from its mother it's probably like separated from everyone it's probably fed not enough for really inadequate food like it's not like you're taking a picture with this baby tiger and the baby tiger is like so excited yeah (laughs) like it's essentially tortured yeah and and it's all about well and you know I'm sure they would tell you when you go to a place like that like oh you know the tigers need to be socialized and so you're helping them and we're educating and education is really important to get people to care about the rainforest and to care about extinction and those are true some of those are true things but there are other ways to get people to care about animals and to care about and to be educated about them that don't include petting a tiger at a mall or swimming well, in that's a pool. Carol Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say that's Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin's whole shtick is like that she's like helping by educating, and she can't save these tigers. These tigers yeah. still have to be in cages because they wouldn't survive. But like that's how she gets all these volunteers is because she's educating and she's socializing and she's doing all of these like high and mighty things. When in reality, her facility is just as bad. I wrote down another thing about that. Which, 
So the San Diego Safari Park, which is one of the top zoological societies in the world, AZA accredited, nonprofit, a really great organization. I think they have four tigers and they have this massive multi-million dollar enclosure. Um, Also, they're helping a lot with extinction. Yes, right. And they're helping a lot with conservation and education and all of that. So the San Diego Zoo has four tigers. How the heck does Joe Exotic have like 40? Like how, why is it that this very legitimate zoo has four, which I think they don't need more than four. You can have four tigers and those can be the animal ambassadors that educate people. And, you know, they have as good of an enclosure as they can get. Still not as good as the wild. But how can they have four and Joe Exotic has like 40? Well, and what was so interesting was in the post interview, they were saying that apparently Joe is afraid of tigers. He's afraid of big cats. I just, I feel like there's a lot. Well, I think there's a lot going on in the big cat community. I think a lot of it's driven by money that people know that big cats make money and they want money. But also from what I've seen, none of them are living lavish lives. Like I feel like if any like Doc or Carol or Joe, I mean, I guess Jeff kind of lives like a more lavish life. But I feel like if any of those people had like gigantic mansions and crazy cars that they would show it. Like taking Jeff out of the picture, I feel like those three lived pretty like moderate lives yeah no and so I it's agree. just weird when you don't have a passion for the tigers you're afraid of them I also I, I believe that Carol has some she believe I think that Carol believes that what she's doing is right agree and I think Carol does genuine from what I got from the documentary she genuinely does care I think I have a more positive opinion of Carol Baskin than the average person but agree I completely well, agree yeah we can get into that Another thing I wrote down was I read an article about, you know, Carol's response to all of this. And apparently the the producers and the directors of the documentary explained it to her like this was, it, they told her it was going to be the blackfish of big cats. And it was a hit piece on Joe Exotic. And, you know, she should come on and be this voice of reason of, you know, here's why what they're doing is wrong and all of that. I can't imagine her thinking that she's involved in the blackfish of big cats and then watching the documentary come out and realizing it is nothing of the sort. Yeah, well, I mean, that was like we are skipping around, but I think that's all right. Yeah, I feel like that was one of the most interesting parts of the like end interview recap was seeing like when, how and even if people watched it because that first guy, his name was Eric. Yeah, right. He said he didn't watch it. He was all, I don't have time. Which is so fascinating. Especially because he admits, like, he, I mean, he didn't get all these accolades, but people are, like, asking him for selfies in Walmart, and he's famous now. Like, he understands that it's, like, such a huge thing that he, I'm sure they sent out, like, a nice camera. They got him all set up to do that interview. And he still, he didn't watch it, or he claims that he didn't watch it. I believe he didn't watch it. He was it's just, my, my one of my favorite little moments in Tiger King was when they're asking everyone how many wives Doc Antle has and they ask him and he just goes, I don't know if and care. <laughs> he like reminded I, I don't know if it's like 
bad to say, but I used to have a guy who was my like lighting design assistant multiple times at the community college I went to. And he reminds me so much of him. And like, I have such a positive association with that guy because well, he's I- like, he's great. He lives in a van now and like does like van life stuff, but he has like long flowing hair and just kind of has this like, I don't give a shit attitude about everything. And it like was so comical to me, but that's like who he was. Well, I like he would talk about stuff and he would just be like, I don't care. And I would laugh because like I care so much thinking that he was joking and then he never was joking. And I feel like that's how I feel about Eric. I, but I don't think that's an insult to your lighting design friend because I would venture to say that Eric is one of the more likable people in Tiger King. Um, Okay, I'm going to fast skip through some of my notes because I took a lot of notes. Um, Okay, I wrote his music videos slap. Like, we know it wasn't him singing. But here, Kitty Kitty and the music video is really funny. It's awful and it's horrible, but it's really funny. Okay, but Sierra, am I the dumbest person on the planet? Like, I thought maybe he was just like, maybe he just had a good voice. I or did like, too. was like auto-tuned. <laughs> like, it wasn't until the end. I wrote that down in like all caps in my notes. I was like, it wasn't him singing? I like, have... I can believe it. I just am a little shook. Who was it? I would love for that person to be interviewed. Yeah, where's that person in the, the documentary? <laughs> um... Okay, I also wrote down, you know what, this, I, I feel like I I still feel awful and weird about calling out those, that couple vlog who went to the Myrtle Beach Safari. And then the next thing I wrote down was screw Shaq. Shaq, Shaq has tigers. Shaq bought tigers from Joe Exotic. Shaq advertised the GW Zoo. And no one's coming for Shaq. What the heck, Shaq? Wait. Question. Doesn't yes. Mike Tyson have a tiger? At least one? Does he really? I'm just okay. getting this information from The Hangover. Mike what Tyson is- has a tiger, right? Let me Google that. Because Does- you have beef with Mike Tyson. And so if I he has a tiger. I beef with Mike Tyson. But I buy For those of you. Did you ever talk about it in a vlog? I know you posted about it on like your Instagram stories. Yeah. Oh, we were at the YouTube space one time and Mike Tyson was getting a tour and his like posse of like 30 people came into our studio and ate all of our Pokemon gummies. That's it. Like that's okay. really all the tea. But I feel like it's so funny to joke about Sierra having, having beef, beef with, Mike, with Tyson Mike Tyson because Sierra's my- never had any drama really. And so the fact that it's Mike Tyson who could I got you. beef with two people, Beautycon and Mike Tyson. <laughs> Okay, so here's what comes up when you Google, does Mike Tyson have a tiger? Um, An article from 2019 that says, Mike Tyson claims he had to sell his pet Bengal tiger, Kenya, after 16 years as it ripped somebody's arm off. Was it soft? (laughs) Plot twist. (laughs) Plot twist. Um, Okay, so I I, I agree. I agree. I'll go on record and say, fuck Shaq. (laughs) Sorry we're using a lot of profanity in this episode. I've had a white claw. We're going for it. it. I love it. Um, Okay. I also loved that the documentary producers or editors kept in footage of Doc and Carol creating this facade of Doc Mm Antle being like, okay, so you come to the door and then I'll answer. And then Carol being like, okay, are you rolling? 
these cats don't deserve to live their life in cages. Like, I thought it was brilliant that they included yes. that footage just showing the facade that they create. Well, even when Joe Exotics, uh, all of his footage burned down and like his alligators were killed they showed him doing like retakes of him being like innocent alligator lives were taken today and then he'd be like "Mm, okay let's do that again from here and like he very clearly like wasn't as upset as he was making himself seem I thought that was really fascinating and yeah I thought I thought it really helped to create this narrative of like each of these people has their own story that they're trying to tell and use this documentary to paint themselves in a certain way. And I think the way that Jeff Lowe wanted to be perceived was, I'm cool, I'm badass, I go to Vegas and have hot girls take pictures of my baby tigers. Can we talk about his party bus? Where he literally had tigers and drunk people? Like, Here's the how thing. Is that, how is that legal? Imagine, so many questions. Imagine, like, Im- imagine you and I, like, fresh out of, fresh into college. Let's say we went to Vegas for a weekend and we were I talking- can see us falling for it. That's what I'm trying to say. Imagine we're drunk, we're on the casino floor, and we start talking to this girl who seems really nice, and she's like, oh, yes. like, do you guys want to, like, come pet a baby tiger? Especially, like- one thing I wanted to point out was that Lauren was wearing a Hogwarts shirt. In her, like, final interview. I was like, oh, I trust this girl. She's wearing yeah. a Hogwarts shirt. She seems cool. And then she immediately starts objectifying their nanny. Oh, I'm like, you- Lauren, I want you to be on our team, but you just, you're not on my team. I'm sorry. Let, let me scroll down to that because I had some thoughts. Hey, guys. Um, just hopping in here real quick to let you know that at this point in the podcast, we stopped the recording and started a new one. And in that process, something got messed up with my audio and it got turned up to 10. I'm usually at a four, so it's going to be kind of distorted. We're trying our best to fix it with editing and the in-camera audio, but um, my audio is going to sound a little different from this point on. So I'm sorry. We try our best to make sure these things don't happen, but uh, hopefully you still enjoy the episode. All right, we'll jump back into it. Just what I wrote about Jeff and Lauren in their like last episode interview. They have an open relationship. That's fine. Do your thing. If you want to be monogamous, if you want to be polyamorous, I don't judge. I don't discriminate. Do whatever you want. Got no problems with that. But what I'm not okay with is how weird and sad for their nanny and their other employees that just because they're very open about, you know, who they want to sleep with and and how their relationship works, that doesn't mean that everyone else is comfortable being part of that. This woman, their nanny, was hired on as a nanny. She was not hired on to be objectified. And I just think that's so awful. I mean, I agree and I disagree. I think that, yes, the objectification is very bad. I think that she must have had some inclination of who she was getting hired on to nanny for and like their arrangement I feel like if she stayed on for this long of like through them ending filming and now like it coming out them getting interviewed she must be somewhat okay with the situation yeah I mean I still think it's awful and they're in a position of of, regardless of if, if she's cool with it or agreed with it like they're still the employers and they're still the ones in the position of power and it's just it's so uncomfortable 
And I think my my first inclination on my first watch through was like, oh yeah, Lauren seems like a nice girl. Like like you said, she seems likable, she seems approachable, and and Jeff's the bad guy. But like, she's in on it. Like she, yeah, and she almost is the wolf in sheep's clothing because Jeff looks like a douchebag. Like I've never seen someone who dresses like more of a douchebag than Jeff Lowe. But Lauren looks like a like she looks like the kind of girl that if I saw her in the bathroom at a party we would talk and hit it off you know yes and I mean I think there's someone in my life who I am not super fond of who reminds me a lot of Jeff Rowe (laughs) and I feel like you know exactly who I'm talking about um there are a lot of similarities that's all I'll say um but yeah so I feel like Jeff Lowe immediately I just not like a, he's my least favorite person in this whole series I think partially because he reminds me so much of someone that I just is probably one of the only people in my life that I don't personally get along with um but I feel like their whole situation really reminded me of the technical theater world with like how I felt like they just kept talking about how like everyone like hooks up and it's all kind of weird and everyone's all kind of working together and there were a lot of like weird power dynamics and so I felt like who was it that I think it was John Finley that was being interviewed because they were asking him about like his now wife and how they met there and it just I was like oh this is kind of like theater it is kind of like theater the big cat world and theater not so different not yeah (laughs) Um, okay, I'm gonna skip through this. Most of my notes I've hit for episode one and two. Um, okay. So, I talked about my dislike for Doc Antle and the social media that kind of fuels his business. Also, he's a disgusting predator running a cult. Just gonna leave that there. Um, but Joe, who is more likable than Doc... There are a lot of similarities to be drawn in the way that he preyed on these young men. And in the final episode, one of the things that uh, Josh, the campaign manager, said was, quote, when when he asked, sorry, not quote yet, but when the interviewer asked, like, oh, did, did Joe ever try to, like, come on to you? He said, no, I'm not his type. Joe's type is young and dumb, 17 to 18. If that was a, just because, you know, this is a same-sex relationship doesn't mean we shouldn't look at it with the same lens that we would if it was a man preying on. If, if a man said about his type, my type is young and dumb women, 17 or 18. That's terrifying. I mean, I completely agree. I think what you said about it being a same-sex marriage and just same-sex relationship is really valid and that I do feel like people tend to think of women as like weak and that they can't like fend for themselves so I feel like people are often a lot more protective of like 17 year old women than they are of 17 year old men or boys and girls I should say yeah um but I I unfortunately do think that a lot of men out there would say their type is like young and dumb women Ugh, ugh. I hate that that makes my skin crawl but I also I also wrote down fantastic triple redneck gay wedding Loved it. Would love to attend. With the pink shirts. We Also, I got a lot of, like, messages of people saying, like, you and Sierra can come to my wedding. 
which I thought was so sweet after we had talked about like how we really want to go to weddings but I would have loved to go to that triple redneck wedding oh so good so good. like they're matching hot pink shirts I can't is that I love a wedding somewhere on YouTube because if so we should watch I'm it. interested <laughs> I feel like that's when we should like live stream yes a live watch party um I feel like I've been dominating the conversation with my notes do you have any notes that you want to jump in with um my first note I have written down is Carol Baskin's flower crown I just I feel like I would like to take a moment to appreciate like she has committed yes both you and I have worn our fair share of flower crowns there was a phase where that was the thing to do if you were on tumblr if you wanted to be like hippie I don't know girl goals like that was the thing Carol Baskin has made it a life choice like go ahead I was gonna say like she also has made wearing tiger print a life choice but that like that goes with her character yeah like that's of course you're a big cat person you do you it's like if you love horses maybe you wear cowboy boots all the time I don't know her flower crown commit we never saw her without a flower crown nope no nope. I I feel like part of it is like this angelic presence that she wants to preserve she, that she's the mother Teresa of big cats yes but she does that with like Claire's flower crowns if I committed to anything as much as Carol Baskin commits to flower crowns and animal print I would be so much more successful so much more successful. I feel I know well because I can think of a lot of things in both of our lives that like we've committed to style wise for a while yeah like even both of us did like half up half down with like a hair scrunchie still love it but I don't do it every day anymore. But I feel like she has committed to this for so many years. Like, when did she first discover the flower crown? Because, I mean, obviously, like, natural flower crowns from actual flowers and greenery have been around for forever. But, like, I'm talking the plastic headband ones that she wears. When did she first discover them? I, I wonder what the oldest picture of Carol Baskin in a flower crown is. What does she look like without a flower crown? I have no idea. Like, that that's thats probably, like, her disguise. Like, you don't even know what she looks like unless she's in her flower crown. Love that. It's like, it's like Clark Kent with his glasses. Like, he puts on the glasses and he's not super man anymore. She takes off the flower crown. No longer Carol Baskin. One of the things I wrote down, because I wrote down a couple of my favorite Tiger King memes, and one of them was there was a trend on Twitter that was, like, Tiger King a movie. And someone put the lion, the witch, in her wardrobe. And it was a picture of her in her cheetah, or, uh, tiger print, cheetah print, and the flower crown. I thought that was so good. Oh, that's awesome. I tweeted that uh, her husband reminds me of Anton Ego from Ratatouille. <laughs> like the food critic. Yes. Like I just, there were so many good memes to come out of Tiger King. One of the other things I wrote down about Carol Baskin is in episode three, the, that, the episode three is essentially the Carol Baskin murder episode. Like, like the whole plot comes out about what happened to her first husband and all that. That, to me, is the biggest plot twist of this series. Because in episode one and two, they give no inkling, inkling of, like, yes. any of that. No, I completely agree. Well, and all of it was so crazy. I have it written down, what'd she say? 
Oh, the will that says upon my disappearance. Bitch, what? Upon my disappearance. That's like that is so so crazy. I just also that he literally said that like before he disappeared that he was afraid that she was going to kill him. But also, also her first husband. I'm going to say from what we keep in mind, everything we're saying is very one sided. Just what we saw in the documentary. He seemed like an absolute creep. He picked her up when she was 19, and the way that they phrased it, I was reading this on Reddit, apparently in that area, it's kind of like code for being a prostitute, like walking down that one specific street. So he definitely, she was likely a sex worker. He picked her up and was like, hold this gun to my head while I drive. What? Like, like he's, he, I'm, I'm not saying, he abs- if, if she killed him, absolutely horrible and she should go to jail. But he isn't this perfect person. You know, I just made the connection in my brain. I kind of, I feel, I feel bad, badly towards Carol Baskin because of the whole like keeping large animals in small cages and everything that she does with that thing. But I feel like the way I feel about her potentially murdering her husband is the way I feel when the Dixie Chicks sing Earl. And I'm kind of like, yeah, he sounds awful. Maybe you should murder him. Like, I'm kind of, I I think she did it. I don't know. I feel like taking any human's life is really horrible and awful. But also, he doesn't sound like a great guy. I also, Like, he probably had it coming. I uh, He only had himself to blame. If you'd have been there, if you'd have seen it, I bet you you would have done the same. I bet Joe Exotic's doing the cell block tango right now. Oh, I would pay so much money to see Joe Exotic do the cell block tango in prison. Oh, who would but, he be? But see, again, this is where everyone starts to feel like a character. Like, yes, like I he's ha- he's an actual person who's actually in prison right now. But also in Wild. my in my brain, like he's very much a character who would do the cell block tango. Well, even when I first texted you and Steven being like, hey, you need to watch Tiger King. And you're like, oh, what's it about? I was like a gay polygamous tiger owner who like yada yada. Like it's he's a character. He's like at- all of these things don't typically coexist. And I think it's as as ridiculous and outlandish as all of this is. I keep trying to remind myself like these are real people. This is stuff that really happened and you know they're all still living their lives right now yes um also another thing i wrote down this is now moving into episode four joe exotic wanting to outrank carol baskin when people search a big cat rescue so naming his company big cat rescue entertainment is so funny i wrote down i feel like that's something that you might do (laughs) in like another life Like, I feel like that, I feel like you're not a petty person, but I feel like if you were to get angered enough, it would be something very small and smart like that that you would do. I, I think that is hysterical. I think it's so funny. Like, and then her, she was fully in her right to sue him because he was infringing on a trademark, but like, yes. It's like just... his images and everything. He named it Big Cat Rescue Entertainment. 
That would be like if I named a company Sierra Schultz Inc. Entertainment. <laughs> and then I like use like all your pictures and everything. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, another thing I wrote down for episode four is, uh, 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 sorry, we already talked about that. That was the everyone wanting to see a baby tiger and Jeff using yeah. the baby tigers as bait to get women is so weird and so, but it also makes so much sense. Yeah. I feel like out of everyone, I was the most clear with Jeff's intentions. Yes. Which, although he was my least favorite character, I get why he does this. Yes. It's like the money and the women and the power. It's like all of your typical motives. Yes. It's when it comes to people like Joe Exotic who are still living on this like crappy zoo and not living the best life and still having to like be out there working every day is where I get a little confused. Where it's like why they're doing it. It's like what's your what is your motivation? I agree with you. Jeff Lowe is the only person who I'm like I can tell exactly what you're about and I can tell exactly why you're doing this. Um, Episode episode five is the one where Joe Exotic runs for president which is another big twist I did not see coming in this series. His campaign manager saying he didn't know what a libertarian was, but he ran as a libertarian. libertarian. <laughs> I just... Also, I love his campaign videos so much. I love the campaign videos. Um, I love that the Walmart ammo manager becomes his campaign manager. That is that is so comical and so such a character, right? That... Totally seems like something that someone would write in, like, a satire. Like an SNL skit. This whole thing seems like an SNL skit. I know. Well, and then his poor campaign manager. I do feel really bad for his campaign manager after, like, watching that final interview where he said that he needs counseling. And But all of that aside, like, I feel like he was such a meme. Like, him taking, like, his vape breaks and ever Like, it just... It was really funny to watch. Ew. And I know it probably shouldn't have been, but I'm saying it. I laughed. Also, again, I think every the way that they handled Travis's death, possible suicide, not really sure what it was, awful, did not like it, not okay with it. Trying to set that aside so that I can point out this thing that I thought was really funny, and hopefully this isn't insensitive. Joe, at his husband's funeral, saying, quote, He'd come and rub them balls in my face. They were like golden nuggets. And then the camera cutting to Travis's mom. His mom? Oh my gosh. I just kept telling Kyle, I was like, I'll respect Milo for whatever life choices he makes. But it would be really hard if these were the life choices he were to make. If you went, if you, if you went to a funeral and they were talking about your son's balls. Like it's, it's so hard. Well, and that... Travis was from San Diego, I think they said. Oh, was he? Or at least Southern California. And so I just, I can't imagine, like, your son moving away and, like, going on to, and I don't know. There's, I feel like I want to be sensitive because he passed away. And that whole situation is very unfortunate. But that funeral was ridiculous. It was was such a singing. Like, how is that a real funeral? That's the thing. Is it, it? None of it feels real. It all feels like a caricature. Which is... It oh, all, sorry. I no, totally no, no. It just feels like an SNL skit. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, which is why it feels okay to laugh at it when it's not good to laugh at it. Right, because then you're like, wait, no, this was an actual person's funeral who actually yes. died a very tragic, untimely death. Very, yeah. very, yeah, very tragic. He was way too young. Uh, like, there are so many, there are substance abuse issues happening. Like, it just, it's a horrific situation. And I feel like a lot of that is kind of in the tone that the producers of the documentary, like, sent out for us in that it all felt so humorous. Yeah. It, like, I feel like if it had been taken in a different direction or even just had a different director, it would be very different. And I, I'm grateful that it was, like, a fun, easy thing to watch because I don't know if I could handle – I feel like it was already heavy. If it had had that, like, blackfish energy that they had promised Carol Baskin, I don't think I would have been able to watch it. I don't think I would have watched it, no. And I think that's why they made it such a caricature and that's why they made it – I mean, it's it's absolute meme fodder. The way that they, like, package this whole thing, it is a meme. And that's why the memes that have come out of it are so ridiculous. And that's why it's so hard to remember that these are real people. Yes, I completely agree. Okay, two things that I wrote down about episode seven. These are just random little things that I didn't even really notice until my second watch through. Number one. Interviewing the hitman as he takes a bath in a motel. Did you notice that? I noticed. I also, I liked that when, um, oh my gosh, John Finley was talking in his final interview. They were like, so, like, why were you shirtless in all of your interviews? He's all, it was a little cold, but it was fun. imagine if I just like shown up to this podcast like without my shirt on I was all I'm a little cold but it's a little fun it's fun like the all of these interviews and I feel like that's another thing like the production quality of the interviews was really good like all of them were in very interesting settings I feel like it said a lot about their personality the fact that one of them was shirtless one of them was in a bathtub one of them was in a pile of trash yes a literal pile of of trash trash. another thing i loved in episode seven uh i just wrote down jet ski james garrison did you notice that when he like rode up on the jet ski and there was a part where he was like about to give like a thumbs up or like a peace sign and then like halfway through just like bailed yes i saw someone i think someone said like i know what i'm doing with my stimulus check (laughs) like there were so many good memes like how is that a person that is a real he person. He had a camera crew right film now. him on that jet ski. And he was like, this is a good look for me. Do you have any other thoughts about the series before we get into our real thoughts on the last, like the new episode, the kind of wrap up of it all? Let's see. Um, I feel like we covered most of it. Okay. I think the only thing we didn't talk about was Soph losing their arm. Okay. Yes. I feel like, again, in another world, I could be this person. (laughs) That, like, I get my arm bitten off by a tiger, and then I, like, don't stay in the hospital for as long as I need to, and just, like, end up getting it amputated so that, like, my boss isn't mad. And you can go back to work. You're right. That's, That's very you energy. Well, and when I took, we didn't finish on the last podcast. 
I asked you to guess who I was and you said Carol Baskin, I actually was soft. You, you so are soft. Safe. Even though you think I'm Carol Baskin, which <laughs> apparently you don't have totally negative feelings about her. I, so I'm not. I do not have negative feelings towards Carol Baskin. And you know what? I Did she kill her husband? It's uh, signs point to probably. But, you know, she really believes in what she's doing. And at the end of the day, I don't know. I just, I feel like everyone's trying their best. Uh, not but yeah, everyone. I, I feel like, well, yeah. Here, that's um, a good question. So I do think there's a lot of flawed people in this. I mean, we're all flawed people if we're getting deep about it. But there are a lot of people who make flawed choices in this documentary. But I also think there are a lot of people who are good people deep down in this documentary. And are truly believe in what and what they're doing and I think I'm interested to hear what you think like who's genuine I think Eric the guy with the long blonde hair rough around the edges but genuine I think uh John Ranke the head keeper the guy with the prosthetic legs very straightforward guy who seems like he genuinely cares for the animals thanks soft he seems great he seems you know interesting choice to decide to come back to work a couple days after your arm gets ripped off but he seems genuine he seems like a good person josh the campaign manager again very interesting but seems like a good person john finley rick even rick the producer who do you think is genuine so i think it kind of i think it depends on what your definition of genuine is and if you think that someone being genuine equals them being a good person. Because I think that pretty much everyone in the documentary was their genuine self. But I think that like you can only be manipulated so far. Like I personally, I cannot imagine a world in which I was manipulated enough to shoot a tiger in the head. Especially one that didn't have any sort of medical issues. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think some people are genuine and still do that kind of stuff. Right. And so it's it's really hard. I feel like these people are put into hard situations. It sounds like a lot of them were just coming out of jail or, you know, really didn't have any other options. And so it started off as a way for them to get back on their feet. But the interesting thing is that all the people in the documentary have stuck around. Right. Right. And so... I feel like at a certain point, you must be back on your feet enough to go out and get a different job, even if that job is not glamorous, you know? Working at the GW Zoo definitely didn't look glamorous. Yeah. Interesting, so, but not glamorous. Uh, did you have any other notes about the first seven episodes? I don't think so. I think there were so many interesting things that happened that we didn't necessarily talk about, like all the footage burning and whatever. But I, I feel like I feel like there's just too much. There's too much to cover in one podcast. There could be an up. entire Maybe. podcast show just dedicated to Tiger King. And it would never get more. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. Let's but I feel like what oh, I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts on are the final interview. Especially yes. since apparently you hate Joel McHale. Okay. So my first thing under the new episode, who is the host? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Which you answered that question. Um, but 
Sierra, you also have to remember that for Love is Blind, they had Nick Lachey and his wife, Vanessa Lachey. And he introduced himself every time by saying, I'm obviously Obviously Nick Nick Lachey. (laughs) So maybe Netflix doesn't have the best choice in like who's relevant enough to be the host. Can I say? For their series. I and company, I don't know who Nick Lachey is. I know he's the host of Love is Blind, and that's, to me, that's it. Who's Nick Lachey? Do you know that he was married to Jessica Simpson? Do you know any of that? No! What? <laughs> what? I feel like he was, he was a little relevant in, like, the mid-2000s. I was never a Nick Lachey fan, but, like, I know he was married to Jessica Simpson, and they had their show together, and they got divorced, and I know all that. But Wait, I don't they had think a show should. together? Yes. Was he, like, okay, so you say he was relevant in the, in the 2000s. Like, would he have been in, like, a Tiger Beat magazine in, like, 2005? No, because I think he, I think he got relevant when he was old enough to get married. Uh, well, see, that's why. So I, I don't think he was ever, like, a teenage heartthrob. That's why I didn't know Like, I feel like then. my mom probably really likes Nick Lachey. I should, Charity, I should ask her. if you're listening, comment your thoughts on Nick Lachey. Okay, I'm trying to find my notes, because I wrote down my notes for the last episode based on the person that they were interviewing. So my frustration mm-hmm. with the host is, and I, I had, I didn't actually have like a big problem with the host. I just found some of his questions annoying. So those are sprinkled through. So let me find some of these. Okay. The interviewer kind of, this is, I wrote down as a note under the interview with Jeff and Lauren, Jeff Lowe and Lauren, his wife. The interviewer kind of annoyed me asking how many leather, leather jackets do you have? No one cares about that. Like, that's not what we're, we don't, we're not watching this to know how many leather jackets Jeff Lowe has. That was a thousand percent a question to just, like, make Jeff Lowe feel like they're friends. Like, just cut that out. Like Also, the, like, constant someone on Facebook asked, was it, like, was it sponsored by Facebook? Who was it? Like, who was the person on Facebook? I just, like, I would have loved to be on Facebook asking some questions. Like, I just, I have a lot of questions. Um, another note that I wrote about the interviewer was, um, oh, here we go. Uh, I thought John Finley seemed kind of annoyed with the interviewer, which made me like John Finley more. (laughs) Cause John Finley just like was not. Solidarity. Yeah. So here's what I actually wrote. Uh, I said, John Finley seems better, good for him, but he seems slightly off. I hope it's just that he was annoyed with the interviewer because same, LOL. I mean, yeah. I think, I think for me, my first thing I wrote down was, is it set decorated? Because Eric's setup looked like it was like professionally done. Like, he had, like, Coors lights, like, neon signs around him. His lighting was beautiful. They obviously had a professional camera on him. He, like, had his AirPod in. And then it, like, progressively got worse to where, I'm not sure, I think Eric might just have impeccable taste when it comes to, like, filming backgrounds. Good for Eric. Like, I just, I'm also so, I'd be so interested to know the process of the people that they interviewed. Like, yeah. obviously, they can't interview Joe Exotic. Obviously, Carol Baskin's pissed because she thought it was going to be this, like, Blackfish-esque documentary. So I get her not being on it. But it's just very interesting to see the people who, 
either saw the documentary, saw what came of it, and still agreed to be in this now. I agree. Um, my, <laughs> literally my second note, I don't know if I can show it. I wrote, I like Joel McHale. <laughs> so that's my second note. I did love him. I just, I feel like I was pleasantly surprised. But See, I get all of your points. I, I, I'll switch over to your team. I, I wasn't like, I, I don't hate Joel McHale. If that's whatever his name is, I don't know. Um, but I, I just found him to not necessarily be asking like if we only get a 45 minute like kind of reunion-esque show like i don't need you to ask jeff Lowe how many leather jackets he has like you're not asking the hard-hitting questions sierra you know what this is this is back in the day when we would go to a party together and one we would meet at like a girl or a guy and one of us would be like oh yeah they seemed all right and the other person would be like they said this to me they did this they did x y and z and we just have to hop on the other team so i'm on the i hate joel McHale train fantastic welcome to the club good done <laughs> okay um i didn't have any other notes about eric the guy with the long blonde hair did you um i wrote when he asked i guess i i understand your point he asked if he washed his hair today which, like, is a redundant question. But he said, what's the point if I'm going to get peed on anyways? And I feel like having a two-month-old boy, I I get it. I really, that was the first time where I really related to Eric. I was like, you know what, Eric? I was planning on washing my hair today. What's the point if I'm going to get peed, peed on, on anyways? anyways. <laughs> oh, man, that is so oh great. Okay, and then something I wrote about Jeff and Lauren. Um, so a quote said by, I think it was said by Jeff Lowe, what's more disturbing, the wedding photos of Carol and her husband or the fact that Carol killed her husband? I was just seized. <laughs> I just, I find this so entertaining. And it's really hard because it feels like we're like watching RuPaul's Drag Race and like the library is open and Jeff Lowe is just reading Carol Baskin and her husband. Absolutely. But they aren't friends. The library is not open. She is not a part of this interview. <laughs> like those are her actual wedding photos. And I agree. They're real weird. But like she's not a part of this conversation. So you can't. I don't know. You know what? I think if if Carol Baskin wants her wedding photo and Howard Baskin, if they're both cool with it and their wedding photos being him dressed up like a tiger and her holding the leash, you're two consenting adults, go for it. And I would actually like to retract my statement from earlier where I said Jeff Lowe was my least favorite. I think Howard was my least favorite. Why? Howard has the most punchable face I've ever seen. Yeah. I have never punched someone in my life. I would maybe punch Howard. <laughs> Why? I mean, I have had a white claw. He, was, he just, he, he was, looks like Anton Eco. But he, he looks was, like he has a stick up his butt. But he was arguably like the least problematic person in this entire, like one of the least problematic people in this entire show. And you just want to punch Howard, just, Howard Baskin. I just, I, I can't. I think you and Kyle should go as Carol and Howard for Halloween. But you're oh, Howard. He's Carol. For Milo's first Halloween. <laughs> Milo's all, 
who was I for my first Halloween? Do you have pictures? Jim was, here's here's you as a tiger. Don't worry about what dad and I were. We didn't dress up that year. <laughs> That's Awful. what I want. Um, oh, did you have any notes about Jeff and Lauren's interview? Um, no, because I think we talked about it all. Okay. With a Hogwarts shirt, objectifying the nanny, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Next up was John Ranky, which was yes. the guy with the prosthetic legs. I thought him saying Matthew McConaughey should play him in the Tiger King movie was so, like, wholesome and cute. Okay, but that was the one point where I did get a little annoyed with Joel McHale, where he was like, oh, should play Joe Exotic? No, let this guy think he looks like Matthew McConaughey. Because he does. kind of does. Yeah. So just, like, don't ruin it for him. Okay? Okay, Joel? <laughs> also, I have not heard anyone say that Matthew McConaughey should play Joe Exotic. Yeah. Like, where, like, did... where was that? Facebook? Maybe on Facebook. <laughs> um, also, him saying, I haven't worn pants in decades was a mood. That was... I also have not worn pants, pants in, in decades. decades. I thought that was great. That is a big, safer-at-home mood. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Oh, gosh. I didn't have any more notes on John Ranky, did you? No, and then I think we talked about all of the rest of my notes. Um, let me see if I had any Not else. Joe Exotic singing, all the people hooking up at the zoo, therapy is very important. Okay, one last thing that I wrote down that we haven't talked about was Rick, the producer, on moving to Norway. Quote, I can't even take a walk down to the fjord. <laughs> I know. On the popularity of Tiger King. Oh, man. It's just so famous. Can't even take a walk down to the fjord. I loved it. I just... (laughs) Goals. Goals. Like, I I don't think I would ever want to be famous, but I would want my walk down to the fjord to be interrupted by people yelling, Tiger King! (gasps) Also, we have a special guest. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Is it Everyone, if you're not watching the video podcast... <gasps> a very special guest look at you milo you wow. cute boy him. i put him in this gigantic hoodie today so skyler currently wearing skyler sent me a, a couple of really cute pictures of milo in this big hoodie and in one of them he was making this cute little smirk where he literally just looked like you like you make that's a face that i have seen you make Aw. Well, I originally bought this hoodie for Toothless because he really <laughs> likes to wear clothes. And then now Milo fits in it. So full circle. You know what's been like, honestly, one of the hardest things for me with social distancing is social distancing from Milo and then not getting to watch him like grow and develop. And it's just, oh my gosh, he's just the cutest thing. I just, I know. But someday soon... Hopefully soon we'll all be together again. Well, and I, I'm so grateful for video chatting and social media, even just getting to like hear from you and how motherhood is and seeing him here. It's so freaking cute and it just makes my heart warm. Well, I love you. I love you. <laughs> Do you have any last like... thoughts on Tiger King? I don't think so. Do you? I no, I think it's just one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had watching a show and I'm glad we got to talk about it. Um, let us know down in the comments your thoughts on Tiger King and uh, if you want to send your favorite Tiger King memes, I think both of us are here for that. 
Yes, 100%. My TikTok has become like entirely Tiger King memes. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and end the podcast here then. Thank you guys for listening or watching or whatever you're doing. Just glad that you came and hung out with us. It was great getting to talk to you, Skylar. And great seeing you, my little cutest boy. Oh, look at you. Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye.